SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. to Monday Morning Deep Dish. My name is Shepard Price. Uh, with me today, as usual, is Chanel. Hi. And uh, LBR. Hi. Uh, so nice usual, to be with you too. Yeah. As <laughs> usual, Janelle has the questions. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think today is going to be really fun. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, and I was trying to go over like what our theme would be because, you know, in the past we did goalies and defense. And I really think the theme today is we have analytics. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, there's a lot of really great stuff for us to talk about, but I also wanted to start out with a shout out to all of our SB nation writers, um, and second city hockey, obviously. Um, I just want to say like, it's been fantastic, um, working with all of you and a shout out to our fans to like, thank you for supporting us and doing what we love. So I just want, I just want to say that, um, you, you really like prop us up and it's just great to have this, this SB nation family. So thank you. Um, so let's get going with the big questions. Um, what does it mean to be a good team in today's NHL? What do you think about that? We'll let Shepard go first. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> there was always ladies first on this podcast, yeah. and I'm like, let's get Shepard, push him to the front. <laughs> to be a good team, I think you have to have a little bit of two things, and that's actual good jerseys. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but there are teams with bad jerseys who have won the cup before. I mean, uh, weren't the Dallas Stars good around the Mooderous uh, sort of era? Um, oh goodness. <laughs> that like the Astro Cow. Um, mm-hmm. you need to have a little bit of good systems that has good players in it, uh, where you see, uh, goods amount, good amounts of, uh, shot generation and shot domination and a little bit of luck. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the last like five cup winning teams, and that's how we sort of define success in the NHL is who win the, who wins the cup, whether mm-hmm. that's how success should be defined or not. And whether it should actually be the regular, the president's cup, because that's, it takes longer to win and it's hard, probably harder to win um, is up for debate, but there have been uh, recently like the best teams in the regular season have won the cup a few times in the last five years. Uh, for example, 15, 16, the Pittsburgh Penguins, one of the best teams, I think of the modern era, uh, they were second in shot share and first in expected goal share in the regular season. And then first in shot share and first in, uh, first in expected goal share in the uh, playoffs. They won the cup that year. They were clearly the best team. Um, 
that's that's how you how you sort of define success is looking at that team. Um, even Tampa Bay last season was third in expected goal share and then fifth in expected goal share in the playoffs. So they were a good team in the regular season and they were a good team in the playoffs against good teams. Um, and that's sort of how the playoffs have break, broken down recently is the best teams in the regular season tend to be the best teams in the playoffs, except Washington uh, this season they won because they were 27th in shot share and 26th in expected goal share. They were bad. Um, yeah. But second, they just had, percentage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they had an insane PDO that whole season. Yeah. Um, and part of that is Alex Ovechkin, who always sort of uh, tends to have a high PDO. But um, yeah, you, you, you kind of need uh, a good balance of both. And if you don't have a good balance of both, you need probably PDO, which is maybe the most important stat in the NHL. Uh, to be insanely high, like Washington. And so just to remind everybody, could you explain a little bit more about what PDO is specifically? It's basically puck luck. Um, the NHL, I think, and hockey in general is the most sort of luck-based sport out there because it tends to be the most chaotic sort of sport. Um, there's a, hmm. there's sort of an order to football where like the Chiefs are clearly a, a great team. Um, and so they win games. Um, and there's an order to basketball where LeBron needs AD to be good, but once they're together, they're great. Um, there's not generally an order to hockey. Hmm. Um, and so PDO is basically puck luck. It's shooting percentage plus save percentage. And that sort of determines how good a team is uh, at keeping both the puck out and keeping and getting the puck in. Um, I think it's probably important to note that PDO also – as a season progresses, the more information you have, it's technically over a hundred games and a season isn't that long, but um, a P- PDO usually and should try to go- regress to the mean. Whenever we bring up regression in the comments, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about, Hey, they're writing a PDO that's too high or too low. So they're going to regress back to what is considered normal or average in the NHL. Some teams don't ever hit that because again, it's not a full sample yet. Some teams write it all the way to the end. The, 2014 abs is a perfect example of that. You know, they rode that all the way to the end. Um, the caps did it too. They were actually better in the playoffs um, than they were in the regular season. And I don't know if that's because the, like they went through Columbus and Columbus wasn't great and a couple of other teams, but um, usually it regresses. And I think Shepard's exactly right that a, there are lots of good teams, any team that's like, above 50% everything, it's really going to be close if you match up against another team, but a good amount of luck being able to like get your chances and, and it just happens to go in um, whether or not they make their own luck in some cases, like you say, Ovechkin always has high PDO because he's highly skilled. So he's just going to shoot better. His quality of chance is just going to be better. I think Patrick Kane is another example of that. Patrick Kane always has like, his metrics aren't the best, but he's always one of the best offensively. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, there's a skill level there. So I find it really interesting that, like, through our podcast that we've done so far, you've both talked so much about luck. <laughs> and this was not a question that we, like, I, I hadn't thought about this before. But, um, you know, is there something, like, what flaws in analytics might uncover this idea of luck? I mean because it's a game, like you, you've said, like you, it just seems like you can't call these things. Right. So, well, yeah. Cause it, Shepard is exactly right. It's very chaotic. It's the most variable right. sport out there. There's just so much that can go on. There's way too much mm-hmm. geometry. What about curling? 
it's such an interesting because when people think of luck they mean like lucky bounces um like oh it hits mm. a state here it goes there mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many more surfaces but mm. it's even just small things that are not even that noticeable it's like the slight like the ice isn't completely even you know there's basketball has a completely smooth surface and you know it's just it's an interesting yeah. perspective that it's not analytics has come a very long way in hockey and this is why I you know I don't know anybody who does analytics that says just look at numbers they don't nobody does that we say watch the game and then supplement with analytics then you'll get a better picture of what actually is happening um, analytics isn't going to tell you everything watching isn't going to tell you everything either. Cause we're all naturally biased. We're not objective humans. Um, we try to be, but we're not. So if you put them together, hopefully you get a much clearer picture. Um, but luck still hmm. exists. You know, there's still yeah. variables that cannot be fully, fully explained. Um, there's a perfect example in the Chicago Blackhawks history was, um, I think it was game one versus Boston. They're down three to one or two, three to oh, or something like that. Two to, to even the score, two different shots went off defensemen. I remember one went off like a do shot it and it just happened to go off the state of something. And he was going to miss by like five feet, but they scored. And another one did a double deflection and you're like, how does that happen? And part of it is that the Blackhawks, were completely dominating and shot shares at that point anyway. So they're making their own luck. They're just shooting as much as possible and anything can happen. That's the whole, you know, saying in, in hockey, but it's still pretty lucky that that one shot happened to go in them, mm. you know, otherwise they don't tie the game and they don't go to that insanely long overtime. And then they don't get the double doink off of Boland and Shaw, you know? So you have to make your own luck, but luck is still there. Yeah. And that's not to say that like luck is all, all there is because four of the last five cup winners have all been top five and expected goal share. Like that's, it's still an analytics still can show you how good a team is. Um, and to, okay, to, so- to, to clarify, and to clarify one thing for people who are still a little bit uh, iffy on PDO, PDO, uh, you, when we mean regress to the average, the average in the NHL is supposed to be about like 1.00. Yeah. So like a 950 save percentage will be comp- uh, will be complemented by like a 0.05 shooting percent, uh, 5% shooting percentage. You just confused me even more. <laughs> <laughs> I still hope it wasn't going to be any bad. Can we just watch the game? <laughs> um, so, okay. I, we all talked about this beforehand and we kind of wanted to maybe do some specifics about teams. Um. So what do you think, like, we're playing Nashville right now. Uh, do you think teams like Nashville and Chicago are matters of talent or execution? So clearly, I think the Blackhawks, especially with Philip Forsberg out, are supposed to be, like, the more talented team. And nobody on Nashville has scored more than 20 points this season, I think, besides Forsberg. And, and yet the Blackhawks lost. And you can see the you looking yeah. at the game analytically, you can sort of tell why is that the Blackhawks are still one of the worst teams in the league in terms of driving both quality and quantity. Um, they had 13 shots with 25 minutes left um, last night uh, on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. That's not good numbers in any way. Um, as LBR said, you have to sort of get your own puck luck, but you have to sort of put pucks on net to get that luck. 
And I'm um, just going to like jump in here too and say like, as yeah. a person who's not an analytics, but like an eyeballer, like, honestly, they were flailing. I yeah, mean, I, 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 saw, exactly. I felt terrible watching it, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, they are, yeah. they're not, they're not having a good season. And that that's part, partly yeah. because Jeremy Collin doesn't know how to use the talent he's been given. Thank you. Um, I agree. And I'll say, so, Normally, this is a funny thing about the eye test versus analytics. Usually when a team is playing poorly, people are like, oh, yeah, the eye test totally matches the analytics. That makes sense. But when a team is doing poorly but winning, there's a lot more resistance to analytics. You're like, but the Hmm. team is winning. And you're like, but they're not doing it in a sustainable way. Well, that's luck, isn't it? (laughs) It's it's (laughs) in in the case of the Blackhawks, they're one of the best teams on the rush. Um, They actually are just generally really good off the rush. They actually have a lot of wasted opportunities off the rush too, but when they do get through, so they're, they do very well. So they're, they're waiting for these like min, like little breaks and scoring off of those. And that's great. It honestly shows how much talent they could have. Like think about if they could possess the puck more, you know, if they could, if they can score that much off the rush, maybe they could do it more off the cycle. If they could have the puck more in the offensive zone or, if they were better, they're, they're good at rush off the transition. Well, why aren't they doing that more? Like, why is that not more of a thing that they do? Um, they did it very well against Florida, but that was one team, one game. Mm-hmm. And do, you, do you think we're getting tired? I don't know, because they've, they've been getting worse. In yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, people were saying, oh, the, you know, the Southern trip of gloom. That was like <laughs> the like the end, like the bottom of the barrel. But that wasn't just because of quality of competition. You know, yes, they were playing Florida and the Lightning, but some of those games weren't their worst of the season. Some, you know, they had had bad games against, you know, mediocre teams to bad teams. One of their Detroit games was really bad, but they still won like by a bunch. Um, that one Dallas game they won. They had no business winning that. But, you know, they scored. <laughs> four goals off of eight shots, you know, yeah. I don't, I and don't to, know why they're getting worse. And to go with that, it's not like the Blackhawks were great last season either where, when yeah. they, the schedule was more regular. They like, it's not just, okay, this, fair. Totally. it's just, yeah, it's not just this more intense schedule. Yeah. And it's not okay. just the kids. Cause I think a lot of the young players are the ones doing really well. Yeah. Again, Adam, we, we, we continue to point to Adam Boquist. And then Brennan Hagel is another example, a little baby yeah. boy. He's so good at such, like, if he could sh- if he could actually shoot very well, because right now he's not scoring. And I don't know if that's talent or if he's, like, just not, like, something's not working for him right now. It, it totally could revert, you know, next year. He totally could. Kubik last year wasn't shooting for a long time. And even at the beginning of this season, even though he was getting looks, and then suddenly, you know, he goes on, like, a, 30% shooting spree. Um, that could happen to, to Hagel, but he's, he's so good at such specific things that you are like, I'm not looking at this inexperience. It's not the inexperienced players playing poorly. So what is it? If the vets are doing pretty well individually, if the young players are doing well individually, there's still some coverage issues, but is that the players or is that the system? So we're still going to work on the system thing, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> and to go and to go with that, Hagel is playing with one of the better 
forwards he can be playing with in Kubalik, but they need a center that's not David Kampf there to sort of generate more offense. Yeah, hmm. I was I got into a thing in the comments about well, who's better? Is it Hale or Kubalik? And I'm like, it's not really about which one of them is better. Right now, the older one, he he's better. Um, Kubalik is better. Hegel could get there. I don't know. He's, I can't predict the future. Um, but what I do know is that they're not, neither one of them are going to reach their potential this season because there's just not a center with them, you yeah, know? Exactly. And, and it's not like one or two centers are actually going to take the team to the next level, but they definitely could take other individual players to the next level. We've all seen what happens when Patrick Kane is with mediocre players. He's still an all-star, but when he's with a Panarin or a Dubrinka or a Taves, he's, you know, one of the best. He's a top five producer. So yeah, it's all about, I don't like there's talent on this team and I don't think it's totally being used correctly. And I think there's talent on the predators during the back to the predators, but like it's mostly their young kids and then a couple of their vets and then they, they have sure. And you know, I, I actually like, I just spoke to Nick Morgan from on the four check and he was saying that he feels like um, they have lost the, their chemistry. Uh, the Preds like that. There's yeah. they just um, like that. The team, there's no way in the next few years that they're going to make some playoffs. I'll tell and you that they, sorry, you know, go that, ahead. you know, that meme from SpongeBob, it's Patrick just going, who are all you people? That's what it was like when I was doing the preview for the game. I was like, who are some of <laughs> these people <laughs> on the Predator? So it's like, an, it's they're not in like that dissimilar of a position to the Hawks where, you know, they're trying to interject these young players and they have a couple of solid rookies. They have at least one really good rookie. Um, and he dominated last night. Let's, let's not joke. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name as a Tolvanen. Tolvanen? Tolvanen. I'm really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looked great and he was obviously playing with like better players, but uh, I think the team, I think they looked much better anyway. They just had more solid passes and I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. (laughs) we don't need to rehash that. (laughs) They lost their chemistry because the new guys, it might've just been time for them to get up because they are missing like they're missing Duchesne and they were missing Johansson last night, Forsberg and, you know, mm-hmm. but they did so well. So I'm just like, here's the Hawks who aren't losing. They had, they don't, they actually had somebody get added in Kirby doc return. And he was amazing in his return. And you're just like, why was one team that supposedly is similarly like, isn't, isn't a top tier team necessarily has a bunch, has some rookies is missing key players. Why were they that much better than the Hawks last mm-hmm. night? Like yeah. visually uh- and analytically. Right. To clarify, Gerald Johansson was there. He scored the first goal. Oh, he was. Yes. First yep. Sorry. Uh, but that, like, right. And the fact that the, the, the Predators are still, again, are sort of operating with less talent than the Blackhawks. They don't have a Debrin cat. They don't have a cane. But, like, they're coached better by a guy who was fired by the New Jersey Devils than the Blackhawks mm. are by a new guy. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oof. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, I have a couple other things I'd like to talk about. Um, what should I start with? Uh, let's do more team stuff. So can we talk about the Sabres? Like, just in general? <laughs> um, 
Oh, also, I would like to embarrass myself and say, I didn't realize that Corsi was first developed by the former Buffalo Sabres goalie coach, Jim Corsi. That's why it's Corsi. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great segue <laughs> right. into, let's just talk about the Sabres, please. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, the Corsi was originally designed for goaltenders, and then it was figured out, oh, it's better for skaters. Um, hmm. And I think maybe the same thing with the Fenwick which is wild. Hmm. Um, yeah. The Sabres are sort of an organization that the problem might not be management or coaching, uh, or really even maybe roster talent. Uh, I, that's the it's sense I get from, It's their jerseys. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, the sense I get is, is that it's higher ups, um, from the national reporting. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're a team that's constantly rebuilding, and I don't think that's good in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather be a mediocre at some point than constantly mm-hmm. rebuilding. Yeah, I'll say so. Constantly rebuilding is a perfect example of like I felt for the last few years for the Blackhawks. Part of the reason that they haven't been able to do, they haven't really moved forward, is because they're con- like their their roster changes so much. Buffalo's the same way; it's constantly shifting. They have so many new things, and I don't think there's a successful team a team that has been successful that had that much roster turnover Mm. maybe the blues the blues had like a few like they had most of their like centers like swap out but like everything else stayed the same but other than adding at the deadline or one big splash i can't remember the last very good team that had that much roster turnover from one year to the next also excluding vegas because they were obviously brand new um, so that was all brand new people, but again, good coaching with good talent can overcome that kind of stuff. And I don't, yeah, the Buffaloes are always, Buffalo is just so always in flux. And the funny thing is, is they're not actually like the worst team in metrics, you know, like they're hovering around like 48% shot share attempts, which is like 22nd, which is right around like St. Louis, mm. you know, and <laughs> St. Louis is considered an okay team this year. They maybe shouldn't be. Um, their expected goal share is like 47, which is 47%, which is a bit lower than that. You know, they're um, like 24th or 25th. I can't remember off the top of my head, which is, which is bottom of the league, but it's still better than the Jets. Who are it's better than the Blackhawks. It is better than the Blackhawks too. And <laughs> the Blue Jackets and, you know, the Kings. And the, and it's like right on par with like the Coyotes. Who, again, mm. some of these teams we're naming are both good and bad. And it's like, how can you have that? How can you have that many teams that are all like jumbled up? And some of it is this season. But what is up with Buffalo? Buffalo can't get it together. Yeah. Right. And, and some of that is luck. Like that we, we've, we've been talking about all, all this, this entire podcast. They, Cause they don't have great goaltending and then they don't have great shooting luck. Uh, Jeff Skinner in particular. Yeah. Buffalo has a 0.963 PDO. So if you're trying to get to, if you think of that as like 96, then they're four off from, from 100. So that's, like really low. Like the Blackhawks actually have right now like a 99.9 at 5.5, um, which is pretty even. And mm-hmm. they're middle of the pack, um, which is probably why they're, they've come down recently because they were high, riding at high. So right now it could be exactly what the Blackhawks always have been. But Buffalo probably deserves better than they've been getting 
just how do they execute it? Now you now they're in like a spiral. Now they're it could even be psychological. I mean, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> totally could be. Yeah. They yeah. you know they, they That's gotta be thrown in there. <laughs> yeah, they need to be yeah. they just they don't they don't have the they don't have shooting talent on their team. They don't have good goaltending as, as I said. Their metrics aren't great. They're not the worst, but they're not great. All of that turns into this is a bad team. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially in that division they're in. Like, yeah. if you're a bad team in that division, you're going to be mm. horrible. You're going to look like a horrible team, even okay. if you're not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so this is like just a fun, speculative kind of thing that I was thinking about. But like, I was just talking last night after the game about like the you know the Premier League in in UK and in uh, soccer, how they have relegations. And do you think we should do that in NHL? Do you think we should have like the fear of relegation for a couple teams? <laughs> I. The problem is, who are you promote? Like, if there's regular relegations, you need promotions, and I don't think you can promote from the AHL because those are just development teams. Well, no, we'll just no, we'll just push everyone down. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to prop anybody up? (laughs) Yeah, like for like seriously, next year the NHL twenty teams, the the ten worst, will have to go play by themselves somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) That I love that. (laughs) Um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just I. I don't even know how you, you, you like help rebound some teams. Cause they keep trying to like change the draft to try to help. Yeah. You know, try, try your best. Um, but then you get an Edmonton situation where they keep getting the best quote unquote best players um, in the draft. Be careful what you say about Edmonton. They're still not very, they <laughs> were very good during that time period. They're fine now. They're, <laughs> they're middle-ish of the pack too. Let's not. <laughs> yeah. Like they're they're a mid, like they're they could be the Capitals like that's the thing. So we were just yeah. talking about how the Capitals were not good analytically. The Edmonton Oilers this year are better than that, but they have two of the top talents in the league, and obviously mm-hmm. the very best talent in the league. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's even pretending that there's anybody close to that. Yeah, McDavid's getting pissed off though. Yeah, <laughs> sure. he I is. Mean, he, no. he is, um, and I don't think it's boding well for the team but anyway we're not talking about the oilers <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a perfect example of like uh talent versus as long as a team can get you like even sometimes talent can take you to the top um yeah. but you have to be even and i if you bring yeah. it all the way back to the blackhawks blackhawks have talent but they can't get even so totally. yeah i just yeah. need impression it's the same thing with buffalo i don't think buffalo has a couple some talents just not i don't know what they did to the I mean, but I mean, we're Eiffel and, uh, I always feel, I feel bad for them. One of my very good friends at my job, um, who left a couple of years ago, he was a Sabres fan and I always felt bad because it was like during the height of the Blackhawks cup years. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry for you, but can I please, you're the only person here that knows hockey. Can I talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and he's like, it's fine. I mean, uh, yeah, don't rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. All right. Well, I is there anything else you you would like to add? Because like I think I have run the course of everything I'd like to talk about. Um, I think this is a fantastic conversation. Uh. Yeah. Just keep in mind that again, this is the it's the most chaotic sport, but it's still their analytics are still important. Cause again, you do look at the last few cup winning teams and they are all, all, all really good in terms of stats. So you have to mm-hmm. be kind of, you do have to be both. Yeah. And if you're right. past the last five, even if you go to like the last 10, the last 12, 
Washington really is the only outlier, you know, like uh, the rest of them are great. Like, I mean, even um, the 2015 Hawks team, which was not as quite as good as 2013, or I don't even know if they were as good as 2014, honestly, but um, they still had good analytics across the board. You need, I think, good analytics just to be in the conversation. And then after that, it's up to the individual players to execute whatever good system they're in to win usually. Yeah. And you do have to, you do have to execute because the last five cup winners, like, like I, and I'm, I just measured the last five, the last five cup winners all had PDOs above 100, uh, except yeah. Pittsburgh and it's back, except the uh, 15, 16 Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs, but the regular season, they were above it. Yeah. And, and so, do you think the Hawks are going to make it to the playoffs? Like honestly, at uh, this point, <laughs> The goaltending needs to rebound and the shooting probably needs to stay where it's at. Yeah. I think it depends on, so I thought they did a pretty good job of getting up to better teams. Like they were like playing a little bit better occasionally against better teams, but then they're in a race and they're literally neck and neck with the team they're playing now, the Predators, and they don't show up for the first 15 Mm -hmm. minutes. Yes. And it's not just that the Predators uh, countered them. Like, I think credit to the Predators team for, you know, shutting them out in certain ways. Um, but it just didn't look like the team was all there. There were way too many errant passes. Coverage was weird again. Um, so it was just, I don't know if, if they make it, it'll be, they need to play better to make it or they need to back one of the two. They can't, Mm -hmm. they are not currently coached like an, like a playoff team. I, I, I totally agree. With I that. don't think so either. Um, yeah. And I actually don't know if it's like, I'm not one that, that thinks about tanking at all um, because I think that again, that can breed a culture that's not good for the team. And honestly, the, this next draft is going to be a good draft. It's just not um, as defined as other drafts. And it's not quite, from what most people say is not quite the quality of the last few drafts plus the 2022 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still going to be good players. So if there was ever a team to not want to tank, you know, cause you're going to get, there's going to be players available wherever you fall out in the first, first round and there's not going to be a consensus on them. So uh, go for it. You should go for it. Like this is a good experience learning season and the playoffs are a good experience. You're probably going to get whooped, but that's okay that there's experience in that. Um, but I just need them. I don't want them making the playoffs playing poorly to impact them in the future, because sometimes teams will stay the course when a team makes the playoffs, even if the team shouldn't like really shouldn't have weren't playing Mm -hmm. very well. And I don't, I, I, yeah, it's just, you do. I mean, from how they played last night, that's not a playoffs. That no. they're not a playoff team. You just no. you don't you don't want them to go. Hey, they no. made the playoffs. They made this goal, so yeah, I they're agree. on the right track. And it's like, but are they really? Yeah, I don't think so. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully they're they're thinking we're we're doing these things right, and then next year they can be like take those good things we did and adapt them to something else. I just mm-hmm. don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, we are just so sunshiny and happy today, aren't we? I mean, again, leave it on a positive note that you got to be excited about the kids, you know? Yes, thank you, thank you. Be excited about all of them because a lot of them have been doing very well. And even when they had a couple of, you know, again, on the Southern trip of gloom, everybody was bad (laughs) and the kids weren't that great either, but everybody was not good. Yeah. Um, And... 
they're all rebounding nicely. Like I was, I was saying that like Suter is like a perfect example of that. He disappeared almost completely. There was nothing happening for him. He wasn't even involved in a lot of the, the goals that, that Dubrinkit and Kane were scoring. Um, and they're a little too monogamous. Um, they need to involve their center a little more. And then finally it's happening um, and he's getting back into it. So you're like, let them have those moments of um, lulls and then let them ride it through because they're still going to come out looking well. And now we have Kirby Doc back. So that's extremely exciting. So, you know, yeah. look, look at the positives individually, maybe not team wise. Yeah. Yeah. And be grateful that the, the Blackhawks will be able to survive the Seattle expansion draft pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much. Um, and let's go Hawks. Yes. Yay. Hawks. <laughs> yes. I do. I want them to win. I have, I have like, I'm like, I, I, te- I teeter between these two things of, I want them to perform better, but then I'm also like, I want them to win too. <laughs> so yes, let's go Hawks. Lock. Let's go Hawks. Play good. Play what play to win. Both things. Both of both. Right. Right. <laughs> Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.